Welcome to Music Mastery Academy, where we talk about all things music. From practicing and support for parents, to theory and music history, to navigating the ups and downs of the dynamic world of music. We hope that these conversations are an encouragement to you as you navigate your own journey. So today we're going to be answering your frequently asked questions about practicing. Yes. So excited for this. Um, So we have a list here. This is so exciting. We have a long list of questions that we're going to be going through. It's wonderful. And talking about practicing in a very practical sense. Yes. Um, So the first question we have, how do you get your children to practice every day? (laughs) Yes, that seems to be a pretty common question. And I... Have, I mean, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of simple ways to describe this. And there's a lot of, you know, practical ideas that are more creative that you can try. But at the bottom, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like it is a culture of a family. Yep. Just like there's other things that are non-negotiable in your home as to what we do every day, whether it be eating your dinner or brushing your teeth or maybe at certain chores or rituals. But there are certain things that I think most families have as culture rules in the home that are non-negotiable. And if this is non-negotiable, there are ways to encourage the family to own that on their own eventually, but it does need to be led by example. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And in our family, I mean, we do crazy things. Practicing is like top priority in our house. And they know that if they want to be able to have screen time, they have to get their practicing done. (laughs) If they want to be able to, you know, so it just, it becomes... And I mean, that sounds bad because it makes it sound like it's this chore that they have to complete, but really it's like creating this habit It's a habit you know, that they do every day. And also I think there's an advantage when you start your kids in lessons very, very young, it's a little bit easier right. to maintain that consistency because to their memory, they've always practiced they've every always day. Practice is what we so, do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also want to address the idea behind, um, the chore nature of it. There are times that you shouldn't necessarily force yourself to do something that's unhealthy for you. That's, you know, too much. But I don't think that it's wise to teach your children or your yourself that you always have to enjoy every moment of something that is indeed work. Right. I think that there's some aspect of accepting the hard work nature and even the distaste for doing it sometimes as a necessity because in life we do have to do things that we don't enjoy sometimes for the for the long-term goal. You know, short-term, be able to kind of branch out of that short-term thinking into long-term thinking and evaluate that and to and to acknowledge the even the dislike of the short-term commitment as valid. You know, right. saying Absolutely. it's okay to be uncomfortable with this idea that you have to practice. It really is okay. I don't always want to do things I have to do every day, but I'm always glad that I did. Yeah. And almost always the hardest thing about practicing is getting started. Yes. It's oh, like once always. they get started, then they're they, after those first like 10, 15 minutes and they're good. Right. Know? Right. So, um, okay. Let's go to another one. How long should you practice? <laughs> this is an interesting question. And I think, gosh, I mean, it can vary so widely. Like what yes. are your goals? What's your age? Do you have a big competition coming up? Do you, you know, like, I think that this is just, uh, and it's so dependent on every person. But what I would say is you you practice to the point where you feel like you're being productive. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, and that can be so different. And even within my own children, like that ranges from like two to three hours for some children to like one of my children, it's like 15 minutes. Yep. And mm-hmm. another one, it's 45 minutes. Yep. And they, they all have this level of like focus and, and where they're they're being productive. 
it doesn't make sense to practice beyond that point. Right. When they hit the end of that right. place where they can't focus anymore or they're no longer be time for progress, right. it's time to stop. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that there's different levels of understanding this principle too. So one thing to keep in mind is that oftentimes a private teacher will have certain policies, uh, but I think most private teachers who are intuitive enough, they understand that that's kind of just like a guideline. Yep. Um, but at the same time, having a guideline, I mean, cause you could ask, why do teachers have a guideline if it's just so individual and, you know, uh, child specific, child, student, person specific, um, there's two levels of it. The first level is the idea of consistency for consistency's sake. So right. I think that productivity might even be a higher law than that. So the level one, I have a, I actually asked this question on my flute Instagram and I, I made a video about it and a lot of, I got a lot of interesting and very useful thoughts about it. <laughs> if we have to push pause, that's okay. <laughs> uh, but like some, one person said that they practice every day for seven minutes. And if that's all they get, they're happy because they got their, they made I their love that pattern. actually. I love that. Yes. But I will say that that is necessary, but not sufficient, but it is necessary and plenty good enough if it's just one of those days. Yeah. And also keep in mind, there is this, this principle around rest and that should be very um, individually decided among person to person. Of course, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, subscribing to the idea that everybody has to commit to every single day practice if they're like on their deathbed or if they're, you know, really, really struggling mentally or, you know, something like right. that. There are times where, but in terms of the overall culture, I think it's so wise to have habits built when you have a baseline every day. After that baseline, I think it's probably good to make other goals and kind of go based on what you are productive with doing beyond that. It's interesting because some students, some musicians are so hyperproductive so, um, get a lot of initiative and yeah. they have a lot of goals and they're harder on themselves. And so this kind of conversation with that kind of student, that kind of musician might be a little bit, <laughs> require a little bit more coaching on the other end of not overdoing it. And then you have another kind of student who is a little bit more relaxed <laughs> in nature maybe, and needs some encouragement on how to push themselves more. So I think it's very, very individual specific on their demeanor and their needs for growth, uh, either on the mental end or the character end. <laughs> right. So. Well, and also everybody can get a different amount done in a certain amount of time. Everybody has like different efficiency levels. That's true. And some, some people are incredibly efficient practicers, yeah, you know, they're very them. focused. Very they lucky. can get through everything, you know, mm-hmm. and other people need a lot of time. You know, they take a lot of breaks and they need to think a lot and they need mm-hmm. to, you know, take a lot of time to process. And right. so it's just, I, I mean, I, that That's is a number person. that you have to figure out yes. on your own. <laughs> Major There's lots of things to consider yes, as yes. going into that. I think having a baseline number of saying, I want to do at least this much yeah. every day. That's a good starting place. That's great. A good starting place. And then after that baseline, the objective being more about an actual goal. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Okay. I love this next question because I think it is so applicable for <laughs> both of us. It's fantastic. <laughs> How do you coach technique when you don't play the same instrument? And there's a lot here. There's a lot. <laughs> and okay, so I'm going to start off with a funny story because I'm a pianist. Yeah. My children are string players. And when my, um, I, I mean, and I very diligently have attended every single lesson, yeah. you know, paid attention to every single thing that's ever been talked about. And when my, um, my oldest um, was very young, he's working in, um, the Suzuki books, and he gets to the first piece that starts, um, has up bows. Oh, come little children. 
but you oh, have to know yes. what an up-bow is. And that on the one. cello, it's not intuitive the way it is on the violin. Like, on a violin, up is, you know, you... Up. You actually you, go you, up. You yeah. go up to go up, and you go down to go down. Left, right? right, exactly. <laughs> and our teacher often would leave for conferences and Suzuki Institutes in the summer, and we would have summer lessons with teachers. And so... She, she taught us, oh, come little children at the very end of the semester. And then we were going to have a couple of weeks of break and then summer lessons. And we show up at our first summer lesson and I had taught him all of the bowings backwards. <laughs> oh no! Like I got the up bows and down bows completely confused somehow. And I was like, I know this is what she told us to do. And the summer teacher was like... Well, this is an up bow, I promise. And it was like, oh. And oh, no. so, you know, I think the first thing for me is to be very okay with the fact that you're going to make mistakes. Yes. Okay. Like, as a practice parent, yes. you're going to make mistakes. And to not be afraid of that. I, I mean, I learned very early on, I don't care how good of a musician I am. The technique is so vastly different that I have to be okay with messing up. Right. I have to be comfortable with this. And, and. You know, and it, it was sometimes hard in my practice relationship with my oldest because he would insist, you don't know what you're doing. You're not a cello player. <laughs> I, mean, I, like, ruined I ruined him forever. You don't know what you're doing. You're not a cello player. And so there, there was a point when I I was pretty confident at this point. We've been doing cello lessons for long enough that I'd started to, to figure it yeah. out, you know, it, where I would tell him just to reduce fights in our, our practicing. I would say, if I teach you something wrong again. I will buy you a candy bar after your lesson. I promise. <laughs> just, just to help you to know. Okay, yes. I you can you can trust me enough. You know, and I'll pay. I'll answer I'll, for I'll it. I'll answer yeah. for it if I mess up again. So if, if, yeah. So I don't know, but you have to attend lessons. You have to pay attention. You, you have to, you know, be willing to ask questions. Be willing to. You have to be willing to be a learner. So, it's what are true. your thoughts on this? Emily? I think that is such a great example. Uh, you know, these string instruments and piano is unique because up until recently, it seemed like these, you know, wind ensemble instruments. You started in the school band, where you're, you know, if most beginners were at the age where they are semi self aware enough to manage that, and the technique for wind instruments is more playing specific than. Posture. I mean, there are posture things for right. sure, but there's not as a long laundry list as there is for violin specifically. I have this you know, perspective of being a violin parent. I think sitting in on a lesson as a parent sounds really, to non-Suzuki teachers, it sounds <laughs> a little bit like yeah. intense and helicopter-ish. Uh, but one thing I have to point out is one thing that I learned about the Suzuki method is, is a, there's, there's this triangle that it's based on with a team between the teacher, the student, and the parent. Because without that support at home, uh, it doesn't really pan out very well. Right. Especially when you're dealing with like a three-year-old. Yes. A three-year-old. very young child. And often support other children and like just kind of having it be a big family commitment as opposed to this is your thing. I'm going to drop you off. I don't think that works until they're much older if they're well set up. I think if you want to uh, maintain your investment and to have a return on your investment with music lessons, um, it is worth it to at least have that accountability whether or not you're as involved in teaming up with a teacher or not, I think it's good to be aware of what's happening in the practice at home. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. This question is interesting. <laughs> at what age do kids typically start to initiate practice on their own? Oh gosh. I know. Right. <laughs> um, I, I feel like this is, this is like, I feel like there's not an answer for this question. And I really, there's not one that was. applies to everyone. No, there's no. not. Because I initiated practice on my own when I was five years old. 
Wow. Happily. That's amazing. That, that was me. I was just like so happy to, to practice the piano all the time. Yes. I, and, and that's awesome. Th- th- that's not Dream the normal story. That's no, not the normal no. story. And it doesn't think, have to be. And I think it's important to know that that's not the normal story. Right. You know, right. I mean, and I have talked to, I have talked to musicians now who have told me, you know, even when I was 14, 15 years old, I was still being told by my parents, go practice, you know? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I I know most people until they graduate high school, they have to say, Hey, turn out the lights or make sure you, you know, right. Call me when you're going to be late or those things that aren't, you know, they're reminders. I think that we encourage each other until a child is really on their own entirely that there might not be a need to check in on that, you know, when you're older, but yeah, this is, this is a commitment and it's as long as the child needs. Yeah. I think that's a great answer. As (laughs) long as the child needs you to, to remind them to practice or to remind them. They'll let you know when they're ready to not have that happen. And who knows? I mean, what my kids might, I I have one child that probably will get to that point much sooner than the others, but I had, I had one that woke me up at six 15 this morning and said, I'm ready to practice. That has never happened before. Oh so, my goodness. I mean, what are you feeding them? So, Can you sell some of that elixir to the rest of us? I don't think it's ever going to happen again either. Uh, I mean, we had a, we had a moment this morning. Magic. I was like, Whoa. I think one of the things to know as a, as a parent of a young musician is that just because your child maybe is not initiating practice on their own or because you are helping them through the practice process, that doesn't mean that they don't like it. Yeah, that's true. You know, no. my children all really genuinely love Playing their instruments. Oh, yes. But they all need those reminders. They do. This next one, and I don't know, maybe you know. I know I have one. Uh, but maybe you have some. Good theory workbooks for young children. This question was asked by a cello parent specifically. Interesting. A theory-specific workbook. For Most of the bet for, ch- for young children. I have benefited so much from piano-specific books for theory yeah. because that's just kind of more embedded into the instrument needs. So I actually don't know of any that are separated. Do you? Um, so I'm not sure. I'm trying to think the the one that I use with very young, young students is called my first music theory. And I'm trying to think of the author name. I'll have to like, okay. Link it. Yeah. We'll link know, to we'll that link when we find it. Um, but it's, it's fantastic for young children. It's very Wonderful. colorful and there's like lots of fun games to play and things like that. And then obviously our goal with music mastery is to develop theory specific resources right. that aren't necessarily piano based. Piano based. Right. You know, there will be piano things in there because obviously pianists need to learn theory yes, too, yes, but yes. we want to make sure that if you are a string player that you have the opportunity to learn theory in a way that doesn't require you necessarily to look at a piano keyboard books yeah and I so. know that there are methods um that do that uh like singing like a I think there's like a let's play music or a kinder music type of classes that right. you can do in a classroom setting I just don't right. know about actual books but perhaps we'll do some research too we'll look into it yeah I like the way this question is phrased do you let your children practice every day, even on the weekends? Oh, do you let them practice you let every them. day? Um, That's great. And uh-huh. I actually, this is interesting. Like it used to be that we take violin with us on vacations because my daughter would want to practice or think she would want to practice on vacation. <laughs> think she would want to. And, and then it would be this thing that was sitting there and she would kind of be like, Oh, I'm, I should be doing that, you know, but it, it, it and I, I've gotten to the point now where if she asks to take it, I tell her no. Oh, wow. That's I amazing. I tell her no. Because it's family time. It's family yeah. time. It's family time. Yeah. And I think that if she had some, like if we were leaving on a vacation and she had some major performance coming up the next week, that would be yeah. a different situation. Yeah. You know, but we try and 
plan trips around times when there aren't those big things coming up where there's not this need. Like we have one coming up at the end of March where all of her performances are going to be done and then we're going on a trip. So right. she can feel like I, I finished out all of my March performances and now I get to take a break. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. This is something that to me personally is incredibly important. We take one day a week off. Yep. At least, at least, but we, even if they want to practice, we take a, a day off and that's as much for my mental health as theirs. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. That's something that I've only very recently incorporated uh, more for me, I think, than for the kids. But I think it's been a blessing everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Sundays is our day for family time and rest. Yes. And um, I am starting to embrace that need more. And I think this is very individual. Uh, some families are able to embed rest periods throughout the week. I'm not saying it has to be the, the strategy, but it, I never thought it was our strategy. But once we started doing that, our relationships with each other improved and the mental health improved and I absolutely need it. (laughs) So I can't have every day be on and I'm trying to make sure I take breaks from other things too on that same day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sundays are our day off too. Yeah. It's so so nice. We have other traditions and things that we'll do on Sundays where we we spend time together. We have movie night or we're going to hike or, you know, and it becomes this day that they look forward to throughout the week. They know we're going to work really hard and then we're going to have this day where we can breathe. You know, right. we, we take a step back and, you know, there's not that same level of, of, of pressure. Um, so we'll have like, sometimes there'll be, you know, a more meandering type of play, uh, play on their instruments. I'm not yeah. going to disallow that. Yeah. Like if they're going to just play for enjoyment right. a little exactly. bit. And that's, or that's the same at our house. Like, yeah. yeah. Giving a, per- a performance as a gift to somebody right. or listening to a score uh but not playing you know some more restful kinds of practice if you're gonna you know yeah. there's ways to do it basically i guess if they if they were to pick up their instrument and want to play yeah that's different I yes say but like cannot, it. it's not for you know but assignment. i wouldn't step in and start helping with practice right on that day. Day. that's a day that i'm i'm off that's my day off yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. those are important. important it's important to take days off it's, yes it's rest is just as important as practice it is So that's the end of part one. Join us next week for more questions in part two. See you soon.